Welcome to this kind of Silicon Valley. We're extremely pleased to be opening the doors to the greater community today. Of course, you're all insiders here, but everyone in Silicon Valley will soon be welcome to come here and take advantage of coming back to normal because the alternative normal means going back to consumerism and mortality, which isn't a, a bright prospect. So here at ISCON, Silicon Valley, we hope to offer a much brighter alternative to birth, death, old age, and disease. By taking a little bit of medicine and care in one's life, proper balance of the medicine of the practice of Krishna consciousness, especially chanting Hare Krishna, and also avoiding activities that make one stupider than one already might be. Does that sound fair? Hare Krishna. So let's start off today and welcome everybody who's joined us on Zoom. We remember the Zoom, right, everybody? <laughs> And we're happy to continue with both, alt both alternatives as we go forward because uh, after all, Sanjaya was on Zoom when he spoke to Dhritarashtra. He wasn't there on the battlefield. And the main lesson we've learned is that the vibration can continue through technology. We knew that before, but we relied on it specifically during the time when we couldn't move about physically. But there is a nice component to being together, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Nirkula. <laughs> so great to see you all. And I want to make a special mention to the, those who are making garlands here at ISV. There's so much devotion going into this service. The devotees are dedicating their lives to uh, making more and more beautiful arrangements for Krishna and the way that they're making the garlands. They are meditating on it. They're studying the science. And uh, every time I come here, it's uh, increased quality and beauty. And the main opulence of deity worship is the flowers. And the main opulence of the flower offerings are the garlands. So I thank all the garland makers. Hare Krishna. Garland makers don't have to change anything at the time of death. They just come, come out in the spiritual world doing their same service. Because there's no earthly reason to make so many garlands. People wear ties, but it's not the same thing. It's sort of a symbol of being a kept servant at some place to wear a tie. But a garland means you're free to move about the universe and go back to Godhead. It's, it's a statement of, of being a member of the spiritual world, don't you think? Either that or you're from Hawaii. But other than that, nobody else wears garlands. I always wear them when I travel. Whatever temple I'm leaving, I keep whatever garland I'm lucky enough to get. And I wear it through the airport with the idea that the first person who asks me who it is gets it. <laughs> If they say, oh, that's really beautiful. Where'd you get it? And I was like, this is for you. <laughs> and it, it's a new life's experience for them because in the material world, you don't get flowers. If you live in the suburbs, you get maybe some grass that grows on the ground after somebody comes in, very aggressively mows it once a week and then blows dust all over the place. Well, look at that, see? <laughs> And from Rajabalava at that. Thank you, Prabhu. I'm deeply touched. This is beautiful. 
but not many flowers that you can use in the suburbs, right? Unless the devotees think of how to grow flowers that are fragrant and abundant so they can offer them to Krishna. Otherwise, if you don't have somebody to offer flowers to, it's not worth the trouble. You know, they just come out on the bushes and then they drop and then you have to clean them up again and people really don't take time to smell the flowers. In fact, there's an admonition that you should take time to stop and smell the roses. During the beginning of the pandemic, I saw somebody with a rose garden outside their house and they had put some chairs out there and a sign that says, stop, take time to stop and smell the roses. But there's not much time. I can't tell if anybody's smiling or not, so I'm just gonna keep going on. <laughs> So if none of this resonates, I'll have no idea anyway. But if we, we have a place to offer everything, especially flowers, then life becomes a festival because of that. In the Gita, Krishna says, yet Whatever you do, whatever you, whatever you offer, you give what do as an offering to me. But then he gets more specific and he says, Patram pushpam palam toyam yome bhaktya prayachati. Offer me a leaf of flower, fruit or water. Those are easily gotten, but those who are devotees think about how to get the nicest flowers in the universe and offer them to Krishna. And by that simple act of just recognizing that the flower is given to us to offer to Krishna and then making the simple offering, there's a very touching experience that the devotee experiences within the heart. So I can only imagine what the garland ma makers are feeling when they're sitting in that room or wherever they, they are together and just meditating on making these garlands. It's something very special. Thank you. Ananta, welcome back. I'm so glad to, glad to see you. Hare Krishna. We're going to start with some kirtan. And um, just after that, we can have a discussion and then uh, chanting, dancing and um, fasting, <laughs> fasting till death, just like in the Bhagavatam. Uma jnana timirandasya jnananjana shalakaya chakshu unmilitam nena tasmai shri guruvedi namaha. It's a prayer to my spiritual master out of gratitude for opening my eyes from the complete darkness of ignorance with the torchlight of knowledge. She did through the Bhagavad Gita. And I offer my respectful obeisance to all the previous acharyas whose only business is to see to it that everyone in the material world gets an opportunity to be recruited. They're agents who come here to recruit. So it's good if you're up to speed when they come recruiting so they can take you on the team back to the spiritual world where people know how to play correctly, play nicely. And I have my respectful obeisance to all of you. Thank you very much for walking the earth, being Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis, and doing good for all the people of the world. Such an honor to be in your presence. Hare Krishna. And the process of Krishna consciousness is constantly being adjusted by the great teachers in order that it, it can be introduced into the world. There's a conversation in the Srimad Bhagavatam. May I have one Srimad Bhagavatam also, please? Srimad Bhagavatam is complete in 12 cantos. The 10th canto, considering that the entire Bhagavatam is the body of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ishvara Parama Krishna, Sakchirananda Vigraha, Anadiradir Govinda Sarvakaranakaranam. He's the Supreme Controller, he's the original. Everything else emanates from him. And his representative in this world 
is the Srimad Bhagavatam. In fact, it's described how the Srimad Bhagavatam is an incarnation of Krishna in sound. Krishna Swadamo Pagate Dharmaganadi Bisaha Kalu Nashta Drishamesha Puraranarko Donodita. In the Kali Yuga, just after Krishna leaves, at the end of Dvapara Yuga, the last uh, section of time in which Krishna was here, and the Kali Yuga begins as soon as he leaves. Kali Yuga is an age, it's sort of like winter in this cycle of spring, summer, fall, winter. And Krishna's here showing his pastimes and teaching. Krishna meets uh, with his devotees and gives instructions, and he also has his leela or pastimes for everyone to see. He lifts Govardhan Hill as an example. And uh, this is something other people can't do. He also has interactions with many different kinds of living entities. Some of them are conditioned souls, and some of them are against him. Some of them are, are longtime devotees or eternal associates who come here to assist him in his pastimes. But he does good to everyone that he meets because Krishna's all good. And when he leaves, the world, you can imagine how desperate the devotees must feel. And you don't have to imagine, you can read about it in the Srimad Bhagavatam. For instance, Uddhava was with Krishna just before he left and heard his final instructions. And you can read those also in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Am I getting an echo over here? Sounds like I'm hearing myself. And when Krishna disappears from our vision, then the verse I just quoted says that he appears simultaneously as the Srimad Bhagavatam. And that's the way in which the highest spiritual principles will be maintained. Dharma will be maintained. It will be derived from the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we can imagine how important uh, of a literature the Srimad Bhagavatam is, that it is Krishna himself, and it's here to give light to people in the Kali Yuga who are bewildered, because in this age, it's very difficult to find any place to go where there's a spiritual vibration. And therefore, it was predicted by the sages, you'll notice at the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, they're having a conversation with uh, the great uh, teacher of, of Shukadev Gos, uh, Sutta Goswami. And uh, they comment to Sutta Goswami that in this age, that people will be short-lived. There are many mitigating circumstances for living a long life in this age. And then said that people also be quarrelsome. Have you noticed that to be true? There's always something to argue about. And then they'll be lazy, especially lazy about spiritual life, and misguided, and above all, always disturbed. And sumanna matayo means they have really bad ideas about how to conduct themselves in the world. So the point was at that conference, just like this one, only it was out in the forest in Naimasharanya, was to discern what's the point of life and what's the highest principle of life to live by and how can one attain the perfection of life even amidst this Kali Yuga. And the answer is that uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam is there to instruct us how to achieve the perfection of life. So let's talk just a little bit about that. What is it about the Srimad Bhagavatam that's special? It's even a special beyond the Bhagavad Gita because we find in the fifth chapter of the Bhagavatam, is everyone okay so far? Okay. Oh, good. Okay, so 
we find in the Bhagavatam, fifth chapter, this is the very opening of the book in the first canto, there's a conversation between Narda, the sage, and Vedavyas, the one who compiles all the Vedas and makes them available to the world through his various disciples. They branch out, they divide the one Veda into several, and then they, they become the teachers of that, and they spread it out through their disciples, and through their discipleship, it spreads throughout the world. At some point, it gets written down and uh, passed on to everyone, even in this age, which is remarkable. We have it available to us via the discipline succession and the hard work of uh, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, who made, made sure that it got here to America, which is a big deal. We might not have had it even right now. What to speak of in other countries? They have one in Czechoslovakia. They have one in Russian. It's in Mandarin. There are many languages around the world. He, made, he saw to it that it got, got distributed. However, in this fifth chapter of the Bhagavatam, first canto, you'll find that Narada Muni chastises. Can you look up the word? It's a heavy word. He chastises his disciple. Who's his disciple? Srila Vyasadeva. Srila Vyasadeva is known as an incarnation of Krishna. But he has a guru. Everyone has a guru, including Krishna. And Srila Vyasadeva, even after writing the Mahabharata, which has the Bhagavad Gita in it, and all the other Puranas, is not feeling satisfied in his service. So he inquires from a spiritual master who then chastises him. And the chastisement means, please. Yeah, that's a thick mask or your microphone's not on or both. There it is. Chastise is to inflict pain upon, to punish and recall to duty, or to punish for the purpose of correcting or reclaiming. It comes from the 1300s from chastisen from Old French, chastir, to warn, advise, instruct, chastise, admonish, um, punish, dominate, and tame. And it comes from Latin castigare, which means to set or keep right, to reprove, or to punish. And it literally means to make pure, which is Wow, to make pure. That's good. Good lesson in that. And there's a lesson in this chapter also. If Srila Vyasadeva was an incarnation of God and can write all the Vedas, can take chastisement, how much we should be ready, right? Be open to being instructed and corrected and all the other things that Rinda just reminded us chastisement means. So the guru, Narada, comes and chastises his disciple and he says, you've given religious principles. You know about this thing, religious, spiritual but not religious? Have you heard that one? I'm spiritual but not religious. Well, he said, you've given all these principles of religion, but they're basically concessions so that you can live in the world in a way that you don't get overwhelmed by karma and dragged down. But he said, Dinarda, that people are going to take this as an excuse to stay in the material world because have you ever heard this? If you give an inch, he takes a mile. And there's a way in which, if there's any concession there that you can enjoy the material world, you just have to do it under regulation, then everyone will say what? Yahoo! That means we get to stay in the material world and enjoy. And this is the disease of a conditioned soul, is to think that there's some happiness in this world and just to go back to sleep again. Has anybody ever done that? when the alarm goes off, and then you miss it, miss the opportunity. So he said, you have to tell them more than just how to live in the world without becoming wholly corrupted or even knowing the self or even working without fruit of results. He says in his instruction, Naish karmyam apyachuta bhava varjitam nashobate jnanam alam niranjanam kutakmuna shashvara bhadram he said, even if you teach people how to work in the world without creating karma, 
you can work but not get entangled. And even you understand self-realization, atmatatvagyan. I know that I'm not the body, I'm the self. That's there in the Bhagavad Gita, quite clearly, isn't it? And if you tell them all these things, you teach them all these things, he said, even that's not very beautiful. You teach him niranjanam, how to work in the world without creating fruit of results. All these things, it's nashobate. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't stir the soul. It doesn't attract our attention, really. It just gives us yet another way to compromise. Compromise on what? On our ultimate good, which is to embrace the aesthetic beauty of the spiritual world, starting with recognizing the, our eternal relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Practically speaking, the words I just said, the last sentence is taboo here in this world. If you go to any university in America and you say there is a God and he's a person and he's beautiful and you make flower garlands in the spiritual world, people will be aghast and um, immediately start preparing your exit from the university. This is the proclivity in the material world is to avoid the subject as much as possible. So this is what Narada, the subject of our relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So Narada is saying, you've given the people an opportunity to do this. So he said, you have to go back and teach people what the ultimate goal of life is. And the chastisement, jigupsi tam karma krite, he said, karma krite, you've given something that's abominable. Can you imagine that? After writing all these uh, amazing literatures, and he said, these are abominable. Because you've given people a chance. Mahan vitikrama, he said, you've made a big mistake. Big mistake. Mahan vitikrama, you really blew it, he says. And so what's missing? What's missing is, he's, he says, is the essence of all the teachings of the Vedas, which is to know the beauty of the spiritual world, the personality of Godhead, and our relationship with him. And specifically, describing Krishna in the spiritual world in relationship with his devotees. That you haven't told. And he said, it's so important. He said, if people forego all the other religious principles that you've taught throughout the whole, uh, all the Vedas and the Puranas, and they try for this understanding of the spiritual world, they get just a tiny drop of nectar from the spiritual world of Krishna's pastimes with his devotees. And they try for it, but they, they don't make it. But they gave up everything else. There's no loss. Whereas if they get everything else right in this world, let's just say you get, the, you're, you get all, everything lined up. What are some ways to get all lined up in this world? Just name three. Money? Okay, let's say you got a lot of money. How much is a lot of money these days? Do you have to have a billion now? Is that what it is? It's a billion, right? Here in Silicon Valley, it's like, I don't think I can live without a billion dollars. And then what else is there after that? Fame? Okay. Can you be more specific about thing, ways to get lined up? Huh? I know these are very general terms. Like, tell me more specific. You got to be a resident. President? Jeez. I don't know who'd want that job, you know. <laughs> I'm thinking more like, you know, you get, uh, what, education? 
you can how do you get lined up in education when you got it what do you have to get these days phd masters not just stanford i don't know it's not not good enough uh, uh, okay you get your education what else you get a house you got to get a house to be part of the american dream you get a, what else you get a car you got to get a nice car it's not a toyota it's got to be a little better huh Spouse, got to be a good spouse, yeah. <laughs> Definitely a spouse, you know, people save up their whole life to have a wedding and then, you know, everything that, uh, there. And what'd you say? Was there one more? These are ideas to get lined up in the material world. And let's just say you live a, a, a very religious life, a very pious life. He said that this isn't good enough. Uh, in fact, even if you get all that, but you miss that endeavor to know Krishna and to surrender to Krishna, to give your heart to Krishna, said then you didn't get anything. You know, when you're leaving the world and you say, that was my house, but I don't get to take anything with me. Uh, you don't take the degree, you don't take the spouse, uh, you leave the, the pet rock. Is that what you said? The what? You leave your Tesla behind. <laughs> Everything gets left behind. And it, he said, Even if you give up all that stuff and you try for devotional service as presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam, pure devotional service, and you, you blow it and everyone says, you're a terrible devotee and you didn't get there, you didn't make much advancement. Narada says, so what? You didn't miss anything. You gave up everything else, but you got the devotional service, said that you won. That is so valuable that even if you got a little bit, or even if you didn't get anything, but you tried for it, you jumped for the bar and you missed, you still get forward progress. Like he went for it. It counts. Krishna says something similar in the Bhagavad Gita, Neha Bikramana Shosti. Swalpam Apyasidharmasya. Even if you get a little bit of this, it makes up for everything else. That's what you want that thing that if you get a small amount it makes up for everything else so he tells them all this and he says go back and realize this and make it available to the world after you realized it and so Srila Vyasadeva goes back into his cottage which is a place that is not affected it's a samyaprash it's a little cottage surrounded by berry trees that's why I like berries so much. And there, there's no influence of the modes of material nature. And he went into deep samadhi, samadhi, full absorption meditation, on, and was able, through revelation, to envision the pastimes of Krishna in Vrindavan, in the spiritual world. And he brought that back. Instead of being just Bhagavat Purana, he brought back Srimad Bhagavatam. Now, how do we get that thing? How do you get that essential point? That one drop of the one the one drop of which will fulfill all your desires, as is advertised in the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, right? Where is it advertised? Nigama Kalpatoro Galitam Palam, Shukamukadam Rita Drava Samyutam. Says there's all this knowledge. But the, what's the business of a tree, actually, the main business of a tree, ultimately? Ask her. What's a tree's main business, would you say? Whoa, she knows. She said to give a fruit. <laughs> See, if you live in a house where they're reading and distributing fruit at Bhagavatam, you know everything. Trees exist to make a fruit. And so... The Srimad Bhagavatam is that fruit. Nigama kalpa galitam palam. Out of all the nigamas uh, and agamas, all the different branches of knowledge, there's a purpose for branches and trunks and all the barks and the root, the bark and the roots of the tree, and that is to produce a fruit. See, nigama kalpa galitam palam, 
where how does it come out to the world through Shukadev Goswami? That's an interesting aspect of the Srimad Bhagavatam. How did it come out from Srimad from Shukadev Goswami? Well, Parikshit Maharaj, king of the world, got cursed by a little boy who was playing around and then felt insulted that his father was insulted, and therefore he uttered a curse against the king, the emperor, and said he should die in seven days. And the king, when hearing this curse, I mean, he'd never uh, heard anything like that. And so he's a perfect person. He's a Rajarishi. But it was an aberration that this Brahmin boy uttered a curse. And it was an aberration that he had in, induced the boy's anger by insulting somebody because he'd never do that. But it just happened that he insulted the sage who was sitting there meditating and who didn't greet him. So, after being cursed, he gave up his kingdom. He sat down on the Jamuna, and then an assemblage of people, each representing a branch of knowledge of the Vedic literatures, came there. There was Ganis, Yogis, Tapasvis, those who in who lived to give charity. Uh, you can imagine thousands. The, the many different aspects of the Vedas teach many different things. That's why it's compared to a tree with many different branches. It's hard to figure out uh, which one to take. And so each was giving their advice. And he said, well, why don't you all agree amongst yourselves and then bring me one idea rather than everyone giving their individual idea. And just at that time, Shukadev Goswami appeared. Now, keep in mind that at this point, uh, there were sages there that were some thousands of years old, some hundreds of years, they had long beards. And they were venerable and learned in their own fields beyond what we could even imagine how learned they were and suggesting various paths for him. Now, how is it that Shukadev, who appeared on the scene 16 years old, came into the assemblage and everyone stood up and recognized him. Well, he had some qualifications. One was he was the son of Vyasadev. The other was he never touched the material world, ever. And in fact, when he was in the womb, Shukadev Goswami, the speaker of Srimad Bhagavatam, had refused to come out into the world because he said, I want nothing to do with it. And he wouldn't come out for quite some time. Krishna had to personally come and tell him in the womb, come out, you'll be all right. He didn't take any chances. When he did come out, he took off from his homestead. Even with Srila Vyasadeva calling after him, please come back, at least take a sacred thread. But Shukadeva wanted nothing of it. He turned his back and walked away into the forest fully absorbed in the vastness of God's energies without a clear conception of the personality of Godhead. Srila Vyasadeva sent out his disciples into the forest to speak some of the verses of the Srimad Bhagavatam. And when Shukadeva heard them, Nirgranta Apyarukrame, the Bhagavatam says, what he heard was not from an ordinary book, Nigranta. It wasn't a book about religion. It wasn't a book about anything of this world. It was from the spiritual world. And because Shukadeva Goswami had nothing to do with this world, it's remarkable that he was attracted to it. Because every living entity, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Nahi Kashit Shinamapi Jatu Tishchat Karma Sarva Prakriti Jargunai has something to do and somewhere to go. Do you, always, do you ever notice that about yourself? Even if you go to sleep at night, you got some place to go. You, see, you drop off and then all of a sudden you get in a car and you're driving around, going to work and you're doing something. And when you wake up, everyone's like, let's go, come on. And if you take a management position, then 24 hours a day, people are calling you and saying like, yeah, you gotta do this now and gotta do that. We gotta have a million meetings, right? And so, the living entity is always doing something in this material world. Even if someone becomes a nihilist and said, there is no meaning to life, it's all zero, they, you have to go around and propagate that too. 
and that takes a lot of work. Every, every living entity is active always. So one who had withdrawn completely from all the variety of the, of the world, such as Shukadev Goswami did, then was attracted to the sound vibration of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So attracted that he came back to his family and to uh, Srila Vyasadeva to, to hear that vibration more and more and to imbibe it. And then Shukadev went out uh, to give mercy to others. He had no other purpose. He didn't have to go to work. He didn't have any clothes to buy. When you don't have to wear clothes, you don't have to work. Did you know that? <laughs> and even if you did, they probably wouldn't hire you. Uh, this is the emblem of his detachment from the world. He had no clothes on. He didn't care about the latest hairstyle. And he didn't have to keep up on who was wearing what. Are pants tight now or are they loose? He just uh, went out in the world and his heart was filled with compassion for other living beings. Karunaya. Karunaya. That was his person to, uh, uh, purpose is to give mercy. So he happened by the arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead to wander into the assembly where Parikshit Maharaj happened to be sitting at that time. What a coincidence. Do you call that? Serendipity. It's the arrangement of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is how spiritual life works. As mentioned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Brahmanda Brahmate Kon, Bhagyavan Jeev, Guru Krishna Prasadi Pai, Bhakti Lata If you're sincere and you want to know the truth, you want to know who is God, you don't have to go very far because he'll find you and he'll intersect you with a teacher, an agent who's out recruiting. Krishna sends his agents to this world to recruit. So make sure you are looking good when the recruiter comes. So Shukadev Goswami walked in and everybody stood up because from his physiognomy and his reputation, everybody knew this is the teacher. And they offered them the seat of esteem in front of everyone. And what is the question that Parikshit Maharaj asks? So what is the duty of every person especially at the time of death. And that's the answer that's given is the Srimad Bhagavatam. And if you offer to somebody to say, I don't have time, you don't have time not to read this book. I'm not interested. That's because you're in illusion. You don't realize that at any moment, Kamala Dalajala, Jivanat, Talamala, at any moment, just like water on a lotus leaf, you can slide off and be lost, lose the opportunity, the greatest opportunity that, that's before you now as in a human life, and you don't know where you're going or what's going to happen next. So it's of the utmost importance. So Shukadeva Goswami then goes on to teach Prikshit Maharaj through nine cantos how the material world works. And he takes us through every psychological situation. You've all read the Bhagavatam, right? Completely. Every section. Please say yes. Okay, then we have Bhagavatams for you outside if you haven't. There's a table out there. We, by the way, we're, we have a goal to, to distribute at least 2,000 sets of Srimad Bhagavatam by September 20th. That's more than we've ever done before. So... Um, lean in. So, Shukadev Goswami in nine cantos describes every opportunity someone might have in this world to try to find happiness and shows how it won't work. And by the time any person in Silicon Valley reads the first nine cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam, comes to this point, he or she will have a firm conviction that there's nothing for me in, in this material world and that it's basically kind of a waste of time. I know this is a family show, family hour, Sunday, but I'm just telling what's in the Bhagavatam. And 
So then the tenth canto comes, and he tells something extraordinary that no one has ever heard of before. Uh, you're not going to hear it in uh, the biology class. Biology class, they cut stuff open and say, like, is the absolute truth in this cat? Did you have to co cut open a cat? They give you a cat? A, a what? A pig. They give you a pig or a cat or a frog and say, you cut this open and maybe you'll find out the truth in life. Or if you're in geology, you get a little rock hammer and you tap on the rock until it breaks and you look in and say, let's see if we can figure out from the striations where we came from. There's no information that's useful to us in fossils, ultimately. They don't have any knowledge. They don't have any consciousness. What's helpful to us comes from conscious entities, and the supreme conscious entity is Krishna, and he passes down the information through his agents. And it comes to the world through Shukadeva Goswami, and it's available, all the answers from the fully conscious spiritual world in the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, the tenth canto, it's about the spiritual world and Krishna's relationship with his devotees there. Why is this particularly important? Because unless I can get attracted to what's going on in the spiritual world, there is absolutely no possibility whatsoever of getting out of the material world. Now, if that doesn't fill you with fear, thinking like, oh my God, how am I going to get out of here? Um, and, or if you think, I'm not worried about it, I can hang around the material world as long as I like, then you can cover your ears for the rest of the talk or the next five minutes. But if you even have a scintilla, can look that one up, of a desire to get out of the material world and attain spiritual success, then the next part is for you. Anyone? Okay. The material world is ruled, according to Sigmund Freud, by eros, that is erotic love. I know it's a family show, I'm just telling the truth. Everyone's attracted to sensual happiness in this material world, to which, in a very basic way and conclusive way, in the, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Yehi sam boga dukha evate adyanta buddha. Intelligent people don't fall for it. The sensual pleasure in this material world, the topmost of which is eros, the uh, idea of erotic love in this material world because they understand it has a beginning and an end and also by my involvement in it i'm going to come out worse off than when i went in now if somebody tells you i'm going to give you a million dollars that's not enough a billion dollars and you can you take it uh and i'll give you all the uh what it was the other things degrees cars house money food whatever only thing is, tomorrow I'm going to come back with some really big people and we're going to take it back from you and we're going to beat you up. <laughs> Would you take it? No. So in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, uh, don't fall for it, the material world. But what do we do then? Because I'm still attracted to the material world. Inexplicably, I can't give it up. Have you ever noticed that? Please say yes. I will feel really bad being all alone over here. <laughs> Fact is, the material world is attractive because there's variety here. We like variety. We like people. We like beauty. And being attracted to beauty is not something you have to learn. You just come out into the world and next thing you know, you're entangled because you're looking around. You want to taste everything, see everything. And especially uh, males and females want to associate together. And you just get into the cycle. And next thing you know, You've used up one life, and you say, yeah, we had a good run, but then you have to start over again. How are you going to get out of that situation? Any ideas? Krishna? Okay. And that's the topic of the Srimad Bhagavatam. What is it about Krishna? The, the love we see in this world, the sensual enjoyment we see in this world, is a fake out. That's a fact. I guarantee it. But there is sensual enjoyment somewhere else. There is a soap opera going on somewhere. 
that you don't have to turn off and that the people don't get old in. People love soap operas. But, you know, if you look at the stars of yesteryear, you'll see like they got old and, or died or whatever. But in the spiritual world, that uh, all the senses, you have to engage all of them, touching, smelling, seeing, loving. What else is there? Hearing, tasting. Do they have that in the spiritual world? That's where it comes from. Who do you think thought of it all? It's just a reflection here in the material world. So when you come to the 10th canto, you find out exactly how the hearing, the touching, the smelling, the loving, everything goes on. And because it's not an ordinary vibration, it's mentioned by Shukadev, Vrikriditam Rajavadubri Rahamcha Vishnu, Shadhanvito Nashinuyad Atavarnayadya. Bhaktim Param Bhagavate Pratilabhyakama Brid Rogam Ashvapahinot Yacharinadhira. If you hear this vibration of the tenth kato, the the way that Krishna has loving uh, exchanges, Leela, with his devotees in the spiritual world, said, then you can rise above Kama, the dread disease of lust within the heart that keeps us here in the material world. And you can, you can go back home, back to Godhead. Does that sound like a good idea? Say yes. yes. So the Srimad Bhagavatam is not just another book. It is absolutely necessary for those who want to attain perfection in spiritual life. Minus the Bhagavatam, whatever kind of success we attain in this world will be lost. We'll fall back down again into uh, into a lower position due to not having standing in the spiritual world. But we can get a standing in the spiritual world by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. Last point. How do you get it? How do you get that hunger? Or how do you get, let's be back up one step, how do you even get that substance or the connection with with the Bhagavatam in the first place because Bhagavatam's here on the planet, but maybe I don't have it. Maybe I haven't even read it yet after I just said all those things. And if everything I just said is true, somebody should get me a Bhagavatam right now. I have one here. I feel nervous without it. So one of the great teachers of Srimad Bhagavatam, Rupa Goswami, gives the formula for spiritual life. This is the only formula you need to have success in spiritual life. But we've run out of time, so I can't express it. And maybe if you come back next week, we can talk about it. Is that all right? You're not fighting that hard. Come on. All right. Thank you, Hansapriya. Okay, so Rupa Goswami was a disciple of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He gave a verse that you can go back to again and again if you want to understand what's wrong with my life, how do I get advanced in spiritual life to the point where I can actually enjoy life uh, in devotional service. And he says, Krishna Ras Bhavitomati, Krishna Bhakti Ras Bhavitomati. And by the way, the first line of this prophet said, this is where the word Krishna consciousness comes from, he said. Krishna bhakti ras bhavitomati kriyatam yari kritopilabdite tatalolyam apimulyamekalam janma koti sukritirnalabhite. First, the bad news. You can't get bhakti ras or this taste, the central experience uh, that we are all hankering for, by doing pious activities. You can open hospitals, you can feed people, you can give money in charity. It's nice, very nice, but you can't get bhakti from that. There's one price to pay, and that price is your eagerness. There's enthusiasm for it. It's like, I want that more than anything else. That's good enthusiasm. And someone might say then, oh, I have such enthusiasm. It's not so easy. Such enthusiasm you can't get after thousands and thousands of births, the, 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 the verse says. How do you get it? 
by associating with people who have it. And that's why the association of devotees is so important. If you can get, if one can get even one molecule of enthusiasm that I want this, Srimad, what the Srimad Bhagavatam is offering, then you're the most fortunate person in the world. And finally, Rupa Goswami says, if it's available, if this is true and it's available, he didn't say if it's true, I'm just framing it like that. It is true. If it's available, you should run and get it as soon as possible. Don't wait. Don't think I'll do it later, I'll do it after this. Confirmed. That's um, Prabhu. Who is that? That's Radnath Marsh. Oh. See? <laughs> and he just sent us a note, too. Everyone should read Srimad Bhagavatam. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So we have the rarest of rare opportunities, and that is to enter into the spiritual world in this lifetime. And the process for getting there is hearing Srimad Bhagavatam and the association of advanced devotees. And the price to pay is one's eagerness to get it, and one should run, don't walk. Now we'll take a few reflections or questions to amplify the conversation. Are you ready? There's some online. Are they from yesterday? Or from today? Today. Give the today ones, the yesterday ones I'll, I'll um, do later. He said yesterday also. I just wanted to be on the same topic if possible. The flower we used to make in the garlands is in the spirit soul then born as a human? Probably. Uh, and uh, Ruby Mataji Haribo says, enjoying today's class, when would Wednesday class also be open in person? <laughs> <laughs> she has that utsahan. <laughs> Very soon. Haribo. Christian willing. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Questions? Yes. Hare, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, thank you very much for you know reigniting the urgency. Uh, symbolically, this is very important for us. You know, officially our first sit-down lecture in 15 months or so, and during this uh, period, as Bali Prabhu mentioned yesterday, you know, kind of that uh, we have missed it. Uh, we have taken so many things for granted. And a person like me, who been in this movement for a few years, and yes, I do it. But you know, that urgency or sincerity just does not go beyond a certain level. And although apparently we do the same things, or at least try to do the same things, sitting at our homes, and of course something is better than nothing. But nothing beats uh, your. I mean, our presence in front of Radha Madan, Mohanji, and you. So just wanted to acknowledge and uh, our gratitude to you and everyone, and feeling privileged that we are just sitting here after 15 months. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Igualmente. I, I wanted to repeat whatever Prabhu said. I mean, same thing. Um, uh, it's so different. I when I was coming, I was I was thinking whether I'll be able to sit for the one and because we lost the habit at home. Even if I'm concentrating, there is a tendency to multitask because there are other things which come. There's a browser which you know your email shows up, and this is like you know. And I was thinking, oh, I'm, I didn't eat, I didn't drink water, so maybe I'll be able to survive through the class. But it's fine. I feel even better than what I felt, you know, after eating. That's so what that. that's what Parikshit says. When the Bhagavatam starts, he says, Naishatta dushahashunman taktodam apipadate, pibantantan mokam boja, chutam harikatamritam. And by the way, please turn your phones on. 
because if your phone goes off in the class, in the temple room, you have to purchase one Srimad Bhagavatam set. Okay? Say yes. Okay. So um, he says, normally, it would be very difficult for someone to sit here without sleeping, eating, or drinking water. He said, but I'm not feeling any discomfort whatsoever because chutam harikatam ritam, chutam means falling, chutam harikata, because harikata is falling from your mouth, Shukadeva Goswami, and therefore I'm enjoying. And this is the secret to spiritual life. If, if one can come to this position of being enraptured by this, by the sound of the Krishna book, of the nectar devotion, of the Srimad Bhagavatam, of Bhagavad Gita, then, and Chaitanya Charitamrita, these five books, then uh, this is actual spiritual advancement. And you can transfer yourself from this world to the spiritual world by this process. It's a culture. You're doing that. You've been doing it since the beginning, and you're doing it now. And you have a taste for it. You're always in the front row. So this is the process. Uh, you, you have to make a circle. You have to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. Whomever you associate with, whatever you listen to, that culture is going right into your heart. And when you speak, it's going to come out. You'll speak, and what comes out is going to be either CNN news, which is nothing you can do anything about. It, it's, it's compared by Shukadeva Goswami at the beginning of the Bhagavatam, second canto, when he's talking about the world and to preach it's like, don't worry about giving this place up. It's basically the croaking of frogs. When you get a large assembly of frogs, it's quite tumultuous, right? What are they saying? If you translate, any Google Translate? It's, a, it's about eating, sleeping, mating, defending. It has nothing to do with the spiritual world. And so all the um, cacophony that comes from the material world of all the people talking all at the same time from every different country, even uh, so-called noble causes like the United Nations, because it doesn't have harikata, it's intolerable for somebody who's used to hearing Krishna Kata. If, you're, you, if you know the beauty of hearing Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam and the assembly of devotees, you can't tolerate the other sound vibration. And if you listen to their sound vibration with an open heart, like let me take this in, uh, it's for uh, some kind of enjoyment or uh, even, um, well, anyway, I'll leave it at that then it, it stays in there and it comes out in our lives and it manifests in our lives. So the, the secret to spiritual life is there to, uh, for anyone to discover. It's by hearing in the association of devotees. I also wanted to talk about the garland makers because you began the class with that. So when Ruby Mataji's comment came, I, so whenever I see her, I always think, you know, she should put in LinkedIn, you know, official garland maker of Radha Madan Mohan and she's been doing it for so long. So like, that's her, like a designation. Well, let's do that. Done. Let's put in garland makers. See how they, <laughs> and when she gets, if she's ever traveling and going across and you have to put your disembarkation card, it says occupation, just put garland maker. <laughs> no one will reject a garland maker. It's coming into the country. What, what do you do? I make flower garlands for Krishna. It's like, okay, you can come in. Yes, bravo. Yes. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So nice to hear Srimad Bhagavatam, glories of Srimad Bhagavatam. And uh, I think uh, it just feels like an Amisharanya, you know, you glorifying our Amal Purana and all these devotees coming. Uh, it's just, uh, I can just see that how hungry uh, the devotees were even at that time and even now. The, the, the purity of the Bhagavatam is so important that it connects us with something that really matters to us in our life. So first of all, I want to thank you for that. And I was just thinking there are many devotees now we saw yesterday and some today, and we've been in contact with them constantly uh, from last one week because they're enthusiastic to come to temple. I hear from uh, uh, from a lot of them, and one common question is that we missed our service and we want to serve. So how we can take this on for not just because I can speak and I can distribute, but how everyone can become part of this to distribute 
these glories or, or the, the love that we are relishing with someone else. Could you please say on that? She likes to throw like an underhand pitch so I can hit it. <laughs> so uh, our organization, especially here at Iskana Silicon Valley, is based on the principle of distributing knowledge to as many people as possible. This is a legitimate, not just a legitimate way, it's the only way in which one can affect systemic change in a, a society or in the world is to distribute knowledge that will give people uh, their bearings in life and, uh, and the, the practical ways in which to achieve the spiritual goal in life. And therefore, as Prabhupada based his whole entire movement on the distribution of transcendental literature, we too here at Iskand of Silicon Valley have based our mission on distributing books. Of course, we do other things because it's a holistic process. And it's not that we just sell books and nothing else. We have to be fully absorbed in them ourselves. And we also have to enact the instructions that are in the books, like performing the nine different processes of devotional service, hearing, chanting, remembering, praying, and so on. So one of the ways in which devotees can make a mark in the world I mean, you're here in Silicon Valley, you really want to make a mark in the world, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't tolerate the high prices here and everything. You just move to a, some little swamp town somewhere and just be content, right? Yes? So you're paying a high price to be here so you can make a mark in the world, correct? Yes. So, yes. So, hey, nothing against all the other towns in the world. I just, yeah. But Silicon Valley's stage in the world, people come here to make their mark. Otherwise, you know, might as well move to the hills. So how do you do that? Uh, take a stand for Krishna and make his main book available to the world. Did America uh, see a change or did the colonies change? into America overnight? Yes. How? Because of a book that was distributed. I read it. It's fantastic. It's an amazing book uh, written by Thomas Paine. Common Sense. You should read it. It's, a, it's an example of really good writing. But the Srimad Bhagavatam is not just really good writing. Tadvagvisargo janataga viplavo yasmin prati shlokam abhadyavatyapi. It's not from this world. It's so sublime and pure. It's from another world. It's from the spiritual world. And if anybody hears it, they'll be transformed and taken back home, back to Godhead by doing it. So this service uh, that everyone can get involved in is going towards this next goal of distributing at least 2,000 Srimad Bhagavatam sets by September 20th at midnight. That's the goal. You've had, that's the cutoff point. And we have about 1,000... Um, 999 to go from today. Right, Melanie? And so that's a big opportunity. Uh, you can invest your time and energy and Lakshmi money in, uh, in Bhagavatams and help distribute them. Hansapriya? How was my answer? At least a base hit. Okay. Yes. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. So I really liked um, how you mentioned that in the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a collection of stories that uh, emphasize that you cannot find any happiness no matter how hard you try. There is no way to find any happiness in this world. And that really struck me because I feel like everywhere else, they're trying to prove, us, prove to us that we can't find happiness through ads, through all social media, everyone is trying to prove to us that you can find happiness by buying this thing or doing this thing. So it was just a really nice reminder uh, for me to delve deeper into Srimad Bhagavatam and really um, be familiar with this, with this teaching. Isn't it nice to associate with the great heroes of the Srimad Bhagavatam, like Didichi? He, they asked him for a little donation. 
need your bones. And he was like, why not? It's for Vishnu, I'd do it. I mean, that's inspiring, isn't it? And then you hear about Chitraketu, became a peer devotee, and he was totally absorbed in his kingdom. He, all he wanted was one son, that's all he asked for. And they warned him, Angira warned him, he said, it's gonna be, it's gonna be kind of a rough ride. And he's like, yeah, that happens to everybody. But it was really rough. His, his small child died when he was an infant, and he was mortified. It's a mortifying place, the material world. So how to get out of that? It's not that just, okay, there was a pandemic, and now we're going to go back to normal. There is no normal. The normal in the material world, don't, you don't want it. We don't want the normal in the material world. What was it before the pandemic? You just die after you try really hard to get a bunch of stuff together, and either by famine, earthquake, nuclear bomb. It is a kid, uh, family show, right? Um, it all gets eventually <laughs> decimated. Uh, so go for, go for the, what's substantial. So one can live a balanced life and use the senses properly, but to inquire about the absolute truth. And that's what you're all doing, so thank you very much. Uh, see about the Srimad Bhagavatam outside. This is a, the biggest marathon we've ever done here at ISV. And we figured it would be good right after the pandemic because we're spring-loaded and ready to come out. And everyone got wealthy during the <laughs> pandemic, which is a real dichotomy. You know, you'd think it would be the opposite, but we're all rich now. so. Let's invest in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And uh, now we're going to have a, a, a stand-up kirtan. So please help us to move the asanas back over to the corner, and then we can stand up for the kirtan. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna.